Hey, we're going to lead right off with the baseball bites segment uh, that Brian Seymour does. Brian Seymour is our correspondent, and he uh, really digs deep and um, gives you some advice that you just won't hear just anywhere. And um, if you come here for fantasy baseball advice, um, serious advice, um, you, you got to listen to these. And we'll start off with it. And we'll start off with it, and we'll get right into the episode. So sit back and enjoy. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Bites on the Draft Champions Podcast, where we give you baseball tidbits to nibble on. I'm Brian Seymour. In the first of what figures to be many meetings between the MLB Players Association and the owners to discuss the new CBA, a shocking breakthrough took place. Both sides seem to be on the precipice of agreeing on a National League designated hitter. This stirs the pot for some NL hitters, and I think I've cracked the code to find value in the fantasy marketplace. I conducted a poll with over 10 former Major League greats, consisting of names like Brad Fulmer, Lyle Overbay, Delman Young, Kevin Mench, Chris Carter, and Pablo Sandoval. Contrary to what you may believe, these men stated that serving as a designated hitter not only took them out of their rhythm, it had an emasculating effect on their psyche. The manager effectively saying that they were not man enough to play in the field made them doubt their very own skills on the diamond and in certain private performances. This fact was listed as the number one reason they are now out of Major League Baseball. I don't know about you, but this fantasy player will actually be bumping any announced NL-designated hitters down my draft board this fantasy baseball season. That is, unless we hear of an influx of Pfizer products to MLB locker rooms, and no, I'm not talking about the COVID-19 vaccine. Thank you for listening to Fantasy Baseball Bites on the Draft Champions podcast. We hope we gave you something to nibble on. Now, back to you, Zach. Welcome to the Draft Champions podcast. We have three veterans in the fantasy community. Um, I don't even know who to introduce first. We're going to go with Micah Henry um, at Fantasy Central 1. He writes for NBC Sports Edge, Fantrax, and NewLifeFantasy.com. What's up, Micah? Going on, Zach. Appreciate you having me on, man. Great to have you on again. This is your second time on the Draft Champions podcast. I really take, I really appreciate you taking the time, and we're gonna, we're gonna have at it here. Next, we got who's sure. first here between you two? I don't know if I. It's hard to decide. We'll go Frank. Frank Amarante. Um, Frank writes at um, Game Day. Is that correct? And then you've got your podcast, the Fantasy Jones, um, on Rotoballer. That's you're going to talk. You're going to get some baseball stuff content going. Yeah, absolutely. That's correct. Uh, feels good to be on the Draft Champions show back in the Draft Champions draft rooms after being stuck in Dominican, dying to draft for a month uh, because I tested positive for COVID. But I'm back in Canada. I was itching to draft, and I'm in two drafts right now. Love, Ooh, love it, love it. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you've recovered from COVID. Oh, uh, yeah. Kev. Kev Masarajan. Did I pronounce that correctly? You did, but why is Frank yelling? Am I? 
<laughs> you sound like you're yelling, man, dude. Like Michael was all quiet, then you came in just like into my ear, like, dude. I like, came out flying. You're at eleven. You're at eleven right now. Mike is, all, Mike is all soft spoken. Mike was drinking like a five liter gallon of five gallon oh, water man, bottle I'm, over I'm there. De- I'm definitely soft spoken. Definitely. That's, that's, that's my are. nature. There you go. That's right. That's right. That's what I like. Uh, so we we interrupted Kev's uh, introduction. Kev writes a rotorballer and um, and game day. Yeah, the game day. Hey, don't forget the. I did. I forgot it again. Um, Clearly. Yeah. yeah. It's important. That's the, the is very important. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, thanks for having, uh, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate all three <laughs> of you guys right. coming on. Like this is good. This is like epic. I guess we have to do the housekeeping. Um, Frank, you said you had COVID, but were you vaccinated? Yes, I was fully vaccinated. Okay, good. Um, Kev, vaccinated? Um, Yes, but do you want me to wear my mask? I have it right here. <laughs> well, that's up to you. It's um, Frank. Do you mind? It's you... whatever. I, I know there's. I know there's some people who have the. You the know, mask I, I I really feel like Kev should be wearing his mask. I just feel a bit uncomfortable if he doesn't. So <laughs> yeah, thank you, Kev. I really yeah. I really appreciate that that accommodation. It's whatever Mike, you guys want. Hey, Mike, uh, like I know this is tough because Mike Curland, our old HR manager, made me ask ask these questions, and we haven't got it re- revetted. So, are you vaccinated? Are these questions allowed to be asked? <laughs> you don't have to answer. I'm just joking. Man. You don't have to answer. Just stop. It's so. okay. Right. Anyways, um, we'll we'll give you a pass because I'm so just I'm so happy for you to come on. I'll give you a pass. Like I'm probably gonna get in shit from Curlin for letting you um, not answer that question. <laughs> but um, anyways, um, first of all, um, I don't know where to where to even start with um, the next the next of for next year. The, we did the next Robbie. Rick. Kev, you gonna put take that mask off or not? Are you guys comfortable with that? It's, it's up to you. Okay. You know, actually, I, actually, I'm actually more uncomfortable now that I was. You're more uncomfortable. Okay. Okay. For, for, for Micah, anything. He doesn't have FUF. He doesn't have fear of unmasked face. He has fear of masked face. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, like, again, like I said, these are three of the industry's finest on Twitter. Like a lot of, a lot of engagement. You get a lot of, you, you grind a lot of people's gears, you grind each other's gears. We go at each other. Now, um, you guys are really making waves like in, in the industry. You're, you've really made it. Um, and it's it's easy to get in the industry what, is what, what I find. Like any of these sites will just pr- basically let basically anyone write for them. Like um, regardless of experience, like I'm pretty sure pitchers list would hire my wife. Like if you, like if you, and if you ask my wife to name like three Blue Jays, she could give you like Vladdy, Bichette maybe. And then she'd like struggle a bit and like say Kevin Pillar. And then like, but like, yeah, but she could probably write for pictures because basically it's so like easy to get in. But what my point is, it's like, it's hard to make it like you guys have like, and get, and get that notoriety because it's so saturated. So as much as, as much shit as I give you guys, you guys are really making waves. And regardless of if you're, um, I guess, putting people off or if, if, if you're, if you're giving people advice and helping them, or they're even just like telling you that you're stupid, you're, you're still like, you're making a big impact. So like, regardless of how much shit I give you, I respect that. Um, okay. Let's get to the next, the next. Thanks. Thanks for yeah, those thanks. words. Sorry, I, I don't know that. what to say. Like, I don't <laughs> no, like I really Zach appreciate being nice. that. Really? I don't like Zach being nice. This is really throwing me off, man. This is not what I came on the pod for. Listen, I'm actually so a nice guy. So there's not I'm a actually a nice guy. guy so maybe. I don't know. Like I do like all of you guys. I know. I I'm, I'm not saying you don't like us. I'm just saying this is like, I, I feel like I've never, you know, I've never attacked any of your like people, maybe just your takes, but like, yeah, I do like, that was a like beautiful intro. We're not holding you at gunpoint. That's I just want people to know. We're not like forcing you to say these things. 
I love you. I love you, Kev. Um, so the next, the next Robbie Ray. Now there was some a lot of um, controversy because Phil Dessau came on my podcast and he gave his Robbie Ray, and then I bleeped it out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, tough luck. And Kev, I think you, I think you know who it is, anyways. But yeah. um, I know Frank has his Robbie Ray, and he had so he and he actually came on at the end of May last year with you. On, it's, it's your guy's second time in the show, and he predicted. Um, Robbie Ray would basically crush it, and he did. So that was a great prediction. Um, I teased uh, my next Paul Seawald because I'm. Everyone knows that I'm a big, big Paul Seawald guy, and probably the biggest like um, Paul Seawald um, truther on um, on Twitter. So I have yeah. my next Paul Seawald, and I'm not going to bleep it out. My next P- Paul Seawald is. You ready for this? I'm ready. Let's hear it. Ken Giles. Now I predict like Paul Seawald did last year ken giles will secure 11 saves for the mariners this year okay i like that i, I think, think that's i uh, go over I, on that you go the no. over so how many saves do you think um think giles okay legit over under you guys over under um 20 saves for ken giles under, under. I know the logical answer would be under because it's an unclear situation and, you know, there's a lot of arms in that bullpen, but I'm going to go bold and go over just because Kevin, Ken, uh, Ken Giles has that experience in the ninth inning role. And I feel like they signed him with intention to put him there, even though we don't know just yet. So I'm going to say that he's one of the nice values uh, as a reliever right now. And he's someone I'm targeting. I go over maybe like low 22, like low 20 range of saves. Okay. I, I, feel like, I feel like it depends on how, you know, how he's throwing, how hard he's throwing. Cause you know, yeah. it's a hard yeah. throw. If, if, if he comes out throwing 95, 94, like, Oh, this, you know what I mean? But so I guess it depends on how he, how he's looking, you know, that's true. Yeah. I mean, he's, isn't he coming off Tommy John too? So like, yeah. I, I have no interest in Ken Giles this year. You know, maybe he gets a couple saves, but, you know, he's kind of chaotic. He's lost the job multiple times before. Like, he's already not the most trustworthy guy. So it's not like we're talking about, you know, um, a role this a few years ago. This is Ken Giles, who's been volatile. So yeah. I think he'll get saves, like five to ten, sure. I think he'll be in the mix, but he's not the guy in that bullpen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree with you, Kev. Um, and he's also kind of a head case. Um, yeah, punching himself in the face and stuff like that sometimes. Um, so, um, Frank, you've um, posted like you also the one one thing I forgot to say in the introduction. You're also known for your horrific takes on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the things you did say the next year, Robbie, you were saying the next year's Robbie Ray is blank, and I think you um, quote tweeted quote tweeted Zola, and you had a you had a couple of them. So, do you have one guy in particular who your uh, Robbie Ray is next year? Well, the cool tweet on Todd Zola was about Dane Dunning. And that was just kind of like, I think I was just joking around a bit. And just I was just pointing out that a notable name like him was high on Dunning. So that was interesting. But the one that I think could be Robbie Ray uh, is going to be Alex Cobb. But before I get into why, I'm going to preface this with saying it's not in the sense of skill set. Like he's not going to be a strikeout machine like Ray with what? what was his K rate. It was close to 30 percent but it's just in the sense that he's going to like his ADP is past 200 and he's going to really give you nice value as a pitcher I think he's going to finish with a sub 350 ERA sub 125 whip 25 plus percent strikeout rate and sub eight percent walk rate in around 160 plus innings I'm going to go through why look at last year his K rate nearly 25 his walk rate was around 8.4 16.5 uh, K to walk percent ratio in 93 innings. We look a bit under the hood. 
Career high in swing strike rate, 11.2%. Career high in, in called strike uh, whiff rate, CSW, 30%. He had a 2.92 FIP. He suppressed home runs. He only allowed 0.48 homers per nine. Now he goes to San Fran, Pitchers Park. They have a financial investment in him. Two years, $20 million deal. They need to replace Kevin Gossman. It's a, uh, they've established themselves as basically pitcher whispers in recent years. You know, uh, they got Gosman on track. They got Alex Wood on track, Logan Webb, Anthony DiSclefani. <clears throat> You're looking at his ADP in November before we knew he signed in San Fran. It was around 325. It keeps rising. In December, it was 261 in draft champions leagues. And now it's around 246 since January 1st. And we can expect that number to rise. He's a nice value. You got a lot of factors in play for him. I know there's injury concerns, but at this price, why not take a shot? I agree. That's, okay. um, that's, and did, did you, um, did we, did we really hone in on his, um, on his ADP ascension? Over yeah. The last so, months? Like, yeah. So let's, let's talk from, about that. Yeah. So 325 in November, all the way to 246 now since Jan January 1st in draft champions leagues. And that's, I counted it because I know it's listed combining relievers. That's uh, SP68 on NFBC. That's pretty nice value. Yeah, absolutely. Any thoughts on that, I mean, Kevin, Micah? Like, do you guys, do you guys have a different guy? Do you agree with, do you agree with Frank on that? I have a different guy, but okay. um, I agree with Frank that Cobb's a great value and he's shooting up to the top of 200. You guys mentioned his ADP right now, but um, I'd pay that uh, like fringe, like, right around 200 i think a little higher because he's 34 he's kind of an injury risk too but overall skill wise i do believe in him he was awesome last year like the peripherals were great he just had a rough start um yeah no I, i'm in with frank i do have a different guy but i'll let micah have the floor right now oh yeah, yeah okay. I'm, I'm all in i drafted him in, in the uh you know my latest dc that kevin uh zach we were in so I, you know i love him yeah but uh, I think uh, I have a couple other guys. I mean, I don't think there's one Robbie Ray because what he did last year was phenomenal. And obviously you don't get those kinds of like, you know how Josh Allen changed from like an inaccurate quarterback. To, like, I know not to go off on football. I know Zach, you hate this, but like Josh mm -hmm. Allen went from yeah, like I'm, an I'm inaccurate actually hating the fact that mobile quarterback. mentioned his name. But okay. Yeah, thank I, you. Hate it. I, I, I hate it. Regardless. I'm doing it anyway. When you I'm said his name, like I'm like, I, did you see my face? How upset I got? Yeah, I got it. I got yeah, it. But okay. I have to do this anyway. Some okay. like not everybody can change like that, but there are a ton of guys. And I think there are like three viable options. Um, I'm going to give, I'm going to give all of them right now. Cause I think John Gray moving from Colorado to Texas, Texas is a pitcher's park now instead of a hitter's park. Andrew Heaney going to the Dodgers, one of the smarter organizations in baseball with pitchers. And then thirdly, Oh, I don't know if I want to give um, all of them away. But, I'll bleep it out. I'll bleep it out. If you want here, you say it, I'll bleep uh, it out. <laughs> this is tough like i don't i i don't know about this i would I'll legit I, bleep it out don't worry are you sure yeah just tell me oh. okay uh this one's the one I'm i think he's had a couple rough years he had a great start last year and then something went wrong but i think like there's something funky but his stuff he was coming out as one of the premier um premier prospects out of not prospects technically came out later but like every draft he has the stuff to be like as close to an ace as possible and like i know there's like the whole lefty thing but yeah i think he's like the guy that i would bet on most because he has uh some of the best strikeout stuff and potential too because i think a team change is gonna be huge for him i don't want to bleep that out because i i love when people draft him 
if you want me to bleep it out, if you want me to bleep it out, no, you don't have to bleep it out. I I won't have any shares of him. Um, But uh, yeah, that's, I'm in, I'm in with, I'm, I'm, I'm in on the other two guys, but not, not him, but yeah. Mike, what about you? How you? I like, but I like John Gravy more. I love that call. Mm-hmm. I, I, feel, I feel I feel like he, you know, he's he's shown plenty of strikeout upside, plenty of the ability to go deep into games in the past. Now he goes to a park that you know that could uh, you know work well with what he, what he does. So I, I like him. I love that. I love that call. I don't know. I don't know yeah. where he's going in drafts, but I, I need I need more shares whenever you know whenever I'm drafting. Yeah, I really like that call too. And like, look at the Rangers in recent years as well. These veterans going there and and taking off. Lance Lynn. Mike Miner had one good year, you know, so I like that <laughs> one <call>. good year. <laughs> no, like one when I he was know, there. That's right. you know. Like it's just that's all we need. We need one good year. We don't need we don't need any long term success. Just that one 2021 season. I think John Gray was a nice pickup for them, and obviously I know their rotation still is highly questionable right now, but they've made a lot of upgrades to the lineup. They should be a better team, more potential for wins. Yeah, I like that call a lot. Well, look at this. I'm looking at the draft that me and Micah and Kev were in that we completed. And it looks like Micah got Cobb, as you said. And then right after that, Kev took John Gray. And then I have Andrew Heaney. We're giving away, we're giving away our guys. So if everyone's, everyone's happy, uh, Gecko should be happy. I'm giving away my guys here. Um, I, took, I took Andrew Heaney in that draft and Kev took John Gray and Micah took Alex Cobb. So we're, we each got a share of... Um, Something that might be special. Who knows, right? Yeah. Um, we we put our money where our mouth is. This is like these. We're taking these guys. Exactly. Like, I mean, I mean. But here's the thing: if you take, like, I think that's the whole thing where people are like, "Oh, you could copy Dussault's, uh the way he draft, like the players he drafts." But you can't copy the uh, the process or whatever. This isn't like you know. You take John Gray, big whoop. I'll take someone else. But at the same time, that is someone I do really want. I am targeting it's, John. It's Gray. like what I said in the in the last episode. It's like it's a teach a man to fish podcast you know you're gonna you're gonna be able to draft like for, for years to come it's like don't ask who ask like why and what like what else have you drafted what can you pair can you pair him with it's not telling a person who just saying the word like i guess like give, giving out alex cobb okay that that could be somewhat helpful but it's only going to get you like less less than 25 percent of the way there yeah there are a ton of pitchers. There are a ton of good pitchers. Like, like that's why I'm very, you know, like I've kind of been touting hero SP or whatever, because you know, you get one good enough ace. It like it doesn't have to be the best one, but and then you could just like stack up on pitching in the mid rounds. There's so many good pitchers that can change in an instant with some home run luck, some Babbitt luck. Uh, as long as the strikeouts are there, everything else just has to click and they have to stay healthy, obviously. Exactly. So um, last time that uh, Frank and Kev were on the show, we did bold predictions. Does any, do you guys have any, do you have one, well, let's stick to one. Do you guys have one bold prediction okay. for, for the coming year? I do have one. I have, I have, an, I have one that's, I think it's growing in popularity as, as the season progresses, but I believe, I, I'm going to say that Harold Ramirez is going to have a 270 band average with around 17 home runs and 15 stolen bases over about 450 uh, at-bats, which would be a career high, I believe. Okay. Uh, did did you get him in our draft? You took him. I did not. I I mm. I, I should have, but I did not. I like. By the way, we'll get we'll get to these drafts. I really like. I really do like what you did in this draft, Micah. Um, thank you. Appreciate I know. Ke- and and Kev was also in the draft. Yeah, I, I was just around. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, okay, so bold predictions. Um, yeah. You got. I know we got Micah's, which I, I like that. Um, he, he, some people. I've heard people talk about Harold Ramirez. And I've, I've got a couple of shares myself. And then if he does do what he just, what you uh, predicted him to do with your bold prediction, then he's going to pay off in a big way. Um, so Kev, 
what's yours? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't want to give this away, but I'm going to do it anyway because you guys are the homies oh, and I feel like, God. wow. Okay. Okay. No, oh, I'm going to do it. Okay. Just, Gav- Gavin, Gavin Lux outproduces Corey Seager in five by five. That's extremely stupid. Okay. Frank, yours. <laughs> well, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest with you. When you asked for the bull prediction, uh, the one that I set up nicely was the Alex Cobb, but I'll throw in another one for you. Cause I'm just filled with bold predictions. Always. You know that. <laughs> Chock full. So <laughs> looking at the ADP here, one guy I really like is Bobby Dalbeck. Uh, he hits the ball hard. He showed some improvements down the stretch. He cut his strikeout rate, I believe, in the second half. And I just love the ballpark. I love the lineup. I think he could get you – I think he can get to 240 and maybe if he's lucky, 250 average so he doesn't drain you too much there. And he's going to have 30 to 35 home run power. He just crushes the ball. Uh, so I think he's – Given the, the deep nature of the first base position, I think he's a nice target if you miss out earlier on in the draft. Okay, I have oh. another bold prediction. How about this? Okay. Tristan Casas takes over for Bobby Dalbeck. Bobby Dalbeck <laughs> goes back it. to quad A. Okay, go yeah. at it. Frank, Kev, go at it. Okay, go. I'll sit back. Well, look, I'm not the biggest prospect guy. Maybe he can, but I'm going to say no. I think they'll be a little more cautious with him and – and Dahlbeck will get it done for another year. He's got he's got the power. He could hit 40 home runs. I like him at his okay. price. But then you were giving me shit yesterday about Tyler O'Neill and his strikeout rate. Bobby Dahlbeck oh, is a 34, 34.4% no, strikeout No, for sure rate. it sucks. He barely like, walks. The difference like, is, is the price. This is, O'Neal's great. I like O'Neal. He hits the ball hard. I was giving you shit for him just because, I don't know, in the third round when you already had an outfielder, it, it might have been better to go elsewhere, but I get why you like O'Neill. He's he's got those yeah. flashy that flashy profile, and he could chip yeah. in steals. But I, yeah, it's just about the ADP basically. So this is this is about the time where like Kev, you you go back and search Frank's Twitter and you screenshot yeah. something, and then you <laughs> post it and you just ruin him by receding him. So like, do we have time for that? Um, I, oh man, Ooh. I think we do. I mean, you said we we're only here for an hour, but yeah, so uh, you, if everybody okay. wants, we'll, we'll, our, we'll do the episode. <laughs> will you log off? You search Twitter and you screenshot something and then you come back at the end. Yeah. And Am just, just Frank, stating, Frank? And just I, Frank stating strikeout percentage as a reason to fade someone. And then me being like, but you like Bobby uh, Dalbeck. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So am I able to break some news? I just saw a huge news on Twitter. Oh shit. No, yeah, go, ahead. But, go ahead. But there's a problem. It's not baseball. No, oh boo, boo. Yeah, I got yelled at. Sean Payton's leaving the Saints. That's crazy. Anyway, sorry. Just back Sean to the schedule Payton's program. Sean Payton's leaving the Saints? Yeah, He's wow. retiring, yeah. Those, those, wow. those are the tea leaves. I saw it coming. Wow. Damn. That is big, that is big Michael, where's the tweet? Show us the tweet. I, I, don't, I don't tweet every I should, but I don't. Oh, I, I, we can pause and like you guys get a tweet for your followers. And, like, no, I just retweet you need, it. You need a hot take. What's your hot take about that, though? Like, you need something that just, like, 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 Oh, like if you, you just you had to tweet out like if you didn't see this coming you're not following football right? <laughs> yeah bro like Ima- you, imagine not imagine not seeing this coming imagine like ima- like yo, imagine thinking sean payton i could say something he's gonna, like he's gonna coach the saints in 2022 i like, could say yeah. something like the saints might be the worst team in football in 2022 what what can you say I that mean, would, that's like, obvious that would piss off the most people what would be like the most like the thing that would piss off the most people by talking about sean payton uh if 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 they if he didn't if he quit before this year they would have made the playoffs or like uh he's gonna go he'll be the next coach of the cowboys or something like i could see that i think he's giving i mean i think he just doesn't want to coach a team with Taysom hill signed for the next four years micah do you have anything for this 
I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't base my tweets off of that, off of that perception. I'm not gonna lie. I don't, I don't, because you know, the trolls come, the trolls come hard. So I try to, I try to avoid them. I don't know. I, I, I probably tweet nothing. Then why'd you come on the show? Yeah. You're trying to avoid trolls. Why'd you come on the show? We're all trolls. <laughs> all three of us are trolls here. Like, what are you doing? Well, well you, you yeah, guys are, I you never guys are analysts too. You know? I never troll Micah. Uh, okay, that's fair. All right. So I, I think I think we've had, some, we've had some debates, but you know, it is what Yeah, we had debates, but yeah. Nothing crazy. Yeah, no. What do we do? Kev's mustache. Oh, is this? Oh my God, is this? Uh, what's it called? The it, now we're now we're into our fantasy Jeopardy this? section, and you can oh. see there's five categories, and there's um two two uh, dollar amounts for each category. So I'm assuming you guys know how you play Jeopardy. So basically, yeah. you pick a category, and um, you'll have a question that um, is related to that category, and then you can pick five hundred dollars or one thousand dollars to um, wager. If you go in our chat, you can type in and you can you can buzz in. So we'll start with Kev. I'll just just randomly, and you can pick a yeah. category, and then whoever buzzes in remains remains control. You buzz in first. You get to say it. Say like who um, led the majors in home run? Uh, who led the uh, Los Angeles Angels in home runs last year? You buzz in. You say Shoei. Who is Shoei Otani? You have to say who is. Yeah, Shoei Otani. And then I, you, I I've watched Jeopardy before. Trust me, I'm I'm, I'm well versed. <laughs> you guys are a lot younger than me. I don't know. Speaking. Yeah. Anyways, I, I, to be honest, I, I I barely watch that show. So what? I, I barely watch it too, but I, I know how I know how it works. Anyways, so the, the categories are there's five categories and two uh, dollar amounts in each category. So there are ten questions. Uh, first category is Kev's mustache. Um, the second category is uh, Justin Mason's bikini. The third category is um. um Actually, uh, the third category is uh, Micah's tweets versus his drafts. That's fun. The, the <laughs> fourth category is Frank's tweets. Uh, the fifth category is Chris Towers. And actually, we have a sixth category here, oh, and the sixth category is Jews. Yo, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it because so, of my nose? No, I'm I'm Jewish, so I can I can make that. Oh, you're Jewish? I am. Yeah, yes. Zach Waxman. Yeah, I could see yeah. it. Yeah. So I, it's not it's not it's not racist. It's just. Um, <laughs> You'll, you'll know what religionist the, i don't know what to call it all right whatever so the thing that no we, we do have a sixth category and it is called jews and, and when you pick the category you'll i'll explain what the categories are okay okay so kev i'll let you start okay uh give me chris towers for 500 because he unfollowed me on twitter for calling him out about like a tweet or something chris towers or he also, called me i forgot what it was chris towers also unfollowed me um so this chris towers so this this category is about guys with everyday jobs who wish lose their jobs because they were assigned to terrible contracts Okay. He's he has an everyday job, and we wish that he wouldn't. We wish that he wouldn't have a job. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, um, you want it is that the question? Is that the question, or uh, no, 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 no? That's oh, no, no, I'm, okay, just, okay, I'm explaining the category. Okay. Um, so you said 500. Yeah, 500, please. Start okay. Small. So Chris Tower. So first person to buzz in in the chat um, will um, be able to answer this question. How do we buzz, by the way? What you pre the, uh... then press the number one. So you can okay, test it. Gotcha, gotcha. And I can see who's um I can see who who buzzed in first. So For this sure. hitter was coming off a three, 34 home run, 110 run, and 33 RBI season with a 397 OBP in 2019. He is now being drafted as the 445th player off the board. So the ADP 445. Did anyone buzz in? Mm -hmm. 445. ADP 445, Monster 2019. Okay, I'll just try to get it going. Uh, oh, okay, it. so Frank's buzzed it. in. Frank's buzzed in. Okay, who is Justin Upton? 
Incorrect. No. So now, how, how does Jeopardy work? That's minus five hundred for you. Right? Yeah. Right. Okay. So I'm you're mi- you're at minus five hundred. Okay. Mike is Mike is going in. What is up, it, Micah? Is it who who is uh, Yuli Gurriel? Incorrect. No. So you're also no. minus five hundred. So um, Kev, do you want to take a shot or do you just want to pass on this? At the that's honestly fucking tough. I'm I'm at a loss for words here. So no, I I don't have it. I'm passing. So this is a player we wish we we kind of in fantasy circles wish wouldn't have a job. So the, so Mike so Kevin's gonna pussy out here. Um, so right now, uh, Frank and Mike are both negative 500. The answer is Carlos Santana on the um, mm. Kansas City Royals. And what I want to talk about here is um, people sort of uh, think he's in, it might be traded or whatever. So we talk about like, um, I want to discuss him with respect to Prado and Melendez and Witt. Um, when do you think those guys are up? Um, respect with, um, you can factor in the CBA. And what do you, and what do you think of um, Santana's value this year? I actually really like Santana. So like that's, I I didn't know his numbers in 2019. Apparently I'm drafting where I can. I mean, I know Statcast has liked him the last years, but like, you know, he's slow as shit. So it's hard for him to get to like first base. But aside from that, his bat's still good. I do think he's going to get traded. His contract's not that much. They can eat a little bit of it. And he's still a plus hitter. I mean, he walks a shit ton still. So I think someone takes a chance on him. Okay. What about, what about the uh, young guys coming up? When do you think? Oh, um, Prado is actually interesting because he was kind of, he was a good prospect. He fell off. And then now he's like highly touted again. Um, I think by like June, July, he could be up Melendez. I don't see him being up until like September because of uh, Sal Perez is there. Okay. Uh, Micah, what are your thoughts? Uh, keep drafting the Santana in OBP leagues. Cause that, that's, that's where, that's where his value really is. I think he's still going to have a little bad average, but he could definitely hit, you know, a good amount of home runs. And in regards to their prospects, Prado, you know, I like him. He has a ton of pop, but he strikes out a lot too. So I think he could struggle a little bit when he first comes up. That will give some of the veteran guys more opportunity to continue to get at-bats as opposed to him. But I think, you know, Santana should have a fairly, you know, decent leash over there. Frank? Uh, I don't have any interest in him in drafts aside from OBP leagues if it's a deep league. I think he'll eventually get traded to make room, you know, for the young guys. I think Witt will be up from day one. So, and then there's the risk that if Santana gets traded, what if he's just like a part-time player wherever he goes? I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's, he's 36 almost now. So not really too interested in him. Not getting any younger. Um, but what about one of your boys, Frankie, um, Vinny pa- uh, Pascuntino? You heard of him? Wait, who? I don't, I'm not a huge, uh, I'm not a huge prospect guy. All right. Well, he's, oh my God. He's another, first baseman, he's another first baseman in their system. And you know, what? I, I believe Prado sort of slowed down near the end of the year. So I think Prado's getting a little bit overdrafted, like around uh, pick 500. Um, yeah. Like he's going like almost the same area, like, like pretty close to where Santana's going. Anyways, I think, I think Prado's being overdrafted. And I think, um, um, I think Pasquantino or however you say it, he might be a nice flyer, like, at around pick 50-ish. Uh, all right. Um, so, yeah. um, Kev, you started, right? Yeah. So, you you, yeah. you, you you have control still. So, we've, we'll cross off Chris Towers for 500. That's been answered. So, next. Um, let's run it back. Let's make it Let's make it 1,000 on Chris Towers. We'll, just, we'll finish off Chris Towers. Get rid of him. Yeah, please. let's just finish off Chris Towers here. All right. We'll finish Chris Towers. Um, okay. This is a good one. And get ready to buzz in anyone. At ADP 447 this year. This pitcher has an ERA of 4.03 over the last six seasons and is top 12 in games started across all pitchers for that period with 150 games started. 
Over that period, he has more games started and a better ERA at 4.03 in that span than Jose Barrios. So he has a better ERA. Kev? Yeah. Uh, who is Kyle Gibson? Incorrect. He, like if Kyle That's Gibson right. does have the starts, um, but he does not um, have that ERA. Shit. He does not have the 4.03 ERA. Hmm. Who is Zach Grinky? Incorrect. Ah, I thought that was it. I really thought that was one. Good guess, hmm. though. Frank, do you have a guess for this? You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go soft and I'm going to pass. Okay. The answer is Jake Odorizzi. Oh, oh do you fucking believe that? I love Jake Odorizzi. I don't love him, but like I always had a soft spot because I pick him up off waivers every year and it's like, oh, he's not that bad. But then I couldn't believe nope. that. So he has a 4.03 yeah. ERA and, and, and more games started and a, and a better, barely a better ERA than um, Jose Brios. I did see Gibson on that list of games started. I did not see what his ERA was though. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, anyways, we're yet to get a question right. But um, so I think, Kev, you still have control of the board. Jesus. Uh, you know what? Let's go Frank's tweets for a thousand. So Frank's tweet, these are mainly pointless, unhelpful, random stats. <laughs> okay, go on. Okay. So, I thought this would be Matt Williams' tweets. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. All right. Um, so for 500, this player is tied with Starling Marte for most stolen bases over the last three years with 82. So over the last three years, this player has the most stolen bases, 82. Since 2019. Did somebody buzz in? Yeah, I did. Okay, what up? I'll go, who is Mondesi? You are correct. I thought that would be a trick question. That is correct. Mondesi does lead the majors in stolen bases over the last three seasons, tied with Starling Marte, plus 500 for Frankie. Um, So bye, bye, bye. Adalberto Mondesi, everyone. You hear that? You heard it here. Okay, so Frank, now you have control of the board. All right, let's go Frank's tweets, 500. Frank's three. It's another pointless stat here. This player is fifth overall during the last three years in home runs, only behind Pete Alonso, Eugenio Suarez, Matt Olson, and Nelson Cruz. Okay, who is Adam Duvall? Incorrect. It's minus 500 for Kev. So Okay, so I buzz too. So me next? Yep. All right, who is Joey Gallo? Wrong. Ah. Minus 500. Micah, do you have a guess or do you want to pass? I pass. I pass. You pass. Okay, the answer is Marcus Simeon. Oh, wow. What? Yeah. Yeah, Damn. dog. Good for yeah. All right. So, Frank, you still have control of the board. All right. Just to let you know, you got to delete the, the, the – yeah, there you go. Okay. So, I'm going to pick Kev's mustache for 500. Okay. Kev's mustache for 500. These are things that we know are sticky year over year. <laughs> That's good. All right. So, 500? Yeah. This pitcher has a K minus walk uh, percentage of over 18% over the last four years, but he has never had a whip below 1.2 or an ERA below four. Wait, say that again. Sorry, it cut off. Um, this pitcher had a K minus walk percentage of over 18% each of the last four years, but he has never in that span had a whip below 1.2 or an ERA under four. Hmm. Yes, that's tough. That's really tough. It is tough. Basically, a good pitcher, a pitcher with good peripherals, but bad um, ERA whip. Oh, this one. Um, I'll stopped. try. Okay, go ahead. Uh, who is John Gray? Incorrect. 
Fuck. Okay, I'm gonna try. I, go ahead. Who is Herman Marquez? Incorrect. Uh, he was below four for sure. Like, yeah, he was. Least. You're right. He, you're right. He was. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Well, I guess I can't give Mike a hint and not give you guys a hint. I just forgot. At least we're not cheating. You guys know, like, we're, we're going no. blind. No, you're definitely shit. not cheating here. <laughs> Clearly. Mike, a guess or pass? Yeah, Mike, you got five seconds. I just, I, somebody just slipped my mind, bro. It's crazy. Uh, uh, pass, pass. Ah, he's got to lose time. He said he wanted the question. We've, we've talked about this player on this podcast already. Ooh. He's on deck. Andrew Heaney. Is the answer? Oh, uh, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Andrew that Heaney is the answer. So I guess Frank, you still got control of. I guess you still have control of the board. Yeah, I take out five hundred. All right, let's go thousand. Kev's mustache. Hold on, my my question. Wipe, wipe it out. Okay, let's get rid of Kev's mustache, which we all should have done a long time ago. Haha, um, uh-huh. you were saving that one. That's a, that, you were I, saving I that. Joke. No, I just no, I just thought of it now. You had that one ready. No, I did not yeah. have that ready. I swear on my life. Um, aside from Miles Straw, this player was the only player with an ADP inside of the top 100 this year with less than five barrels per plate appearance last year. So less than five barrels per plate appearance in 2021 oh. going inside the top 100. It's Kev. Tommy Edmond? Who is Tommy Edmond? Um, that is correct. Wow, nice. Got it. Nice. But I've actually nice. screwed up. I've actually screwed up this question because he's he's the second, he's actually the the other person. Um, uh, um, there's actually two. That, that, oh. that, is, that is correct. I'll take one of them. There Who's you go. Who's the other one? The other one was Altu- Altuve. Uh, oh, what the hell? Seriously? Yep. Wow. Yeah, so All I screwed right. up that question. I saw him in and I sort of, sort of uh, yeah, I fucked that up. But anyways, yeah, Altuve was supposed to be the surprise answer, but El- um, Edmund is also correct. Um, so that's my fault. So now, Kev, you have control of the board. Okay, uh, I'll go... Micah's tweets versus drafts for a thousand. For a thousand, okay. Yeah, it's the big money. Um, Micah's tweets versus drafts for a thousand. Okay, this guy has a Babbitt problem. It was two fourteen in the short season in twenty twenty and two twenty four in twenty twenty one. However, in September of last year, he had a four thirty two Babbitt and he had eight home runs. He did this by essentially cutting his pull percentage in half. <laughs> Kev, who is Austin Meadows? Incorrect. That was a good guess. Nothing? Nothing. Got nothing. Okay, so I'll, I'll give you the answer. The answer is Eugenio Suarez. Ah, yeah. shit. That, that makes, makes a lot of sense. Did a, did a really good September. What do you guys think about Suarez? Um, um, I'm in. You're in? Uh, you, you, like, you think the changes you made in September? I mean, it's worth the cost to just see what happens because he goes so cheap might as well uh, give it a shot at just build your draft in a way that it could uh you know insulate his wrists and batting average and then it's i feel like it's worth the risk at that cost yeah i guess that's an answer i can't really rip on because i was going to say well if, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're in then why didn't you know you know the answer but if you're saying it's just based on cost then then that's uh i can't really say anything about that mike are you in on suarez this year yeah, I think that injury really did hold him back a little, a lot of bit actually. So I mean, I think who once he's healthy, once he's you know comfortable back in his old swing, who'll you know be more comfortable at the plate and more home runs will hop out the park and more hits will you know hit. But I I, I like Mets ADP and I I think as Frank said, if you you know get, make sure your batting average is strong, make sure you have a strong floor at batting average before you draft him, you'll be good. Right on, Kev. Anything? You're, are you in or out? I'm not a big Suarez guy. I don't know. 
I, I Frank knows I wasn't really big on him last year. He's he's fine. Like he's, I mean, ugh, I'm looking at it right now. Just nothing's too appealing. The Reds aren't getting any better anytime soon. So it's just not a team I'm super interested in. I know their park's so good, but at the same time, it's just the risk feels a little too heavy for just empty home runs. Right. And sorry, I didn't explain the category. These are Mike, Mike's tweets versus his draft. These are huge changes observed. Oh my God. <laughs> so these are things that these are players that made big changes that maybe would have given you a hint, but I think that was uh, self-explanatory within the question. So I think Frank, you still have the board. No, I think uh, Kev hit. hit no, one. I got it wrong. Edmund. No. Oh, you I got did. it. But no one okay. got it. No one got it right. Well, you know, uh, we'll, give, oh. we'll, give, no, we'll give, we'll give the board to Mike. Mike has in the board. We're, oh, we're, we're, going, we're going against the rule. Mike is Mike can pick a category. now. All right. We'll go with, uh, uh, Mike has tweets and drafts for first drafts for 500. Mike has tweets versus drafts for 500. Okay. This pitcher ramped up the use of his slider in August and September, which translated to a 5% increase in swinging strike rate and lowered his XFIP by 1.17 um, versus the previous two months, June versus July. His ADP is close to 600, and he has a clear starting role in a ballpark that just adjusted their fences. Uh, that, was, that was a nice little clue there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Don't say John Means because he does not have an ADP close to 600. Okay. I think I, I went in first okay, there. So, uh, yeah, it's Kevin, then Mike has got the second guess if you don't get it. So go ahead, Kevin. Okay. Who is, who is Jordan Lyles? Correct. Uh, is that what you're going nice. to say, Micah? It was not. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All, hey. right. <laughs> all right. So, Kevin, you uh, get control of the board again. So we got, we got the, the two categories I guess you guys didn't want to say are Justin Mason's bikini and, and juice. Uh, the last two categories. I, look the part, I look the part, so I think I'm allowed to say the word Jews. It doesn't seem okay. pejorative. I, don't know saying, I mean, I don't know if saying that you look like a Jew when you're not a Jew is good, but like, I, was, I, I was in a Jewish fraternity. So, like, I think right. that. Okay. Congra- that congratulations. Um, and I don't know. You want 500? You want 500? You want Jews, Jews for a thousand. Jews for a thousand. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He is a manager that is known for mixing and matching uh, uh, closers. He rode a rookie reliever into the playoffs as his closer with three saves in the final week of the regular season. Oh, got Kev? it. Who is Gabe Kapler? That is correct. Nice. Nice. Kev's killing it. Kev is winning right now. So what do you guys think? I mean, speaking of um, the, the, the reliever in question, Camilo Duvall, how, how do you guys value him? Are you, are you treating him like a closer that can go like in that tier with like Melanson? Or are you like saying like, uh, I don't trust um, Gabe Kapler. <laughs> That's what mm, I don't, I mean, I don't believe in Duvall too much, but I take him over like Melanson. Like Melanson's a jag basically at this point. If he struggles for a month, he's losing that job. I don't care. I mean, yeah, I'd rather have the upside of Duvall and I know I could bench him over like Melanson who could just screw me. Sorry. Right. So, Micah? Yeah, give me Duvall because his stuff's good. Yeah. Duval, Duval stuff is nasty, and is obviously who will, will have more striker upside than somebody like Melanson. And his slide is really disgusting; like it's a nasty pitch. So I think who, if he comes out strong, he'll be they'll, they'll keep riding him as long as he's performing. They, they won't stop. Like if that's what keeps getting saves, we'll keep going to him back. You know, every mm-hmm. game after game. All right, all right, all right. Okay, uh, Frank, what do you think? Well, for me, you know, Gabe Kapler's shown a history of mixing and matching there, and even using his like not using his closer in the conventional ninth inning role. And then you add in the fact that, you know, you mentioned Melanson and how he's a Jag, but sometimes these Jags just get the role as a closer just because they haven't experienced in that role. 
But having said that, like Doval's great strikeout rate and the peripherals are give him a floor in case he doesn't end up as the closer. At least he's still a good reliever for you in that sense. So I'm probably avoiding the both of those players okay. to answer did, the question. Did, um, most importantly, you guys, did you know that Gabe Kapler was a Jew? I I just I didn't know that, and I just, you just assumed you chose him because that's why he's in the category. So then I, I got it after when he was the answer. All right. So Fab- I mean, I wouldn't have guessed that if you just said who's a Jewish manager. I guessed it because you said he had a rookie closer in the playoffs, and I know the Dodgers faced Camilo Doval. So that was right, yeah. that's what gave it away. Yeah, I didn't want to make it too difficult. Okay, so Kev, you, um, Kev, you have the control of the board still. There's, um, yeah, let's run it back with the Jews. Uh, 500. Okay. Jews for 500. All right. So get ready, everyone. Anyone's, anyone can buzz in here. With an ADP of 94, this player had a max exit velocity of 107. Before the short season, though, he averaged 36 home runs, 107 RBIs, and 113 runs in 2018 and 2019. Kev. Who is Christian Yelich? You think a guy named Christian is a Jew? Jesus was a Jew. <laughs> I think he is. I think he actually is Jewish. Though. Really, Christian? There's no chance he's Jewish. You can't name a Jewish guy Christian. I don't think. Anyways, that's not the. That's not the answer. Uh, but it's a good guess if, if it was like, that, if you ignored what the category was called. Say his stats again one more time. His stats. Oh, this is his average stats um, in 2018 and 2019. 36 home runs, 107 RBIs, and 113 runs. Speaking of Yelich, I just drafted him in the Battle of the Pods. Anyways, Boom. So did I. I drafted him around nine, giving away our guys, <laughs> even though I let him, even though I let him slip to like 125. <laughs> any guesses here? Wait, so we don't have this yet? No one. Uh, yeah, no one. Micah or, or Frank don't have any guesses on this one? No, I'm, I'm drawing blanks. I'm swinging. I'm, I'm taking too many pitches in this Jeopardy game. I'm not swinging at anything. I'm just You're, you're the Cavan Cabin Biggio of this Jeopardy game. Yeah. Um, the, the answer is Alex Bregman. Uh, Fuck. Come on. Like, I, thought I don't that, know why. I don't know why I thought Yelich was Jewish right now. I, 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 I don't know. You know I'm I'm I think I'll say Ryan Braun. I'm going to look that, I'm gonna have to look that up afterwards. Like you have, you say it so convincingly, but I just don't like his name is Christian. Like that wouldn't make any sense. I was mixing him up with Ryan. I, I don't know. I had a weird logical fallacy there where Ryan, 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 Ryan Braun. Both- yeah. Ryan Braun's a Jew. Not, uh, yeah. not Yelich. That's why. That's probably what it is. Okay. Yeah, um, I think um, he is. I searched it up. Who Yellick? I think so. I would be. I don't. I don't know. I didn't look this up, but I'd I don't think weird. he is. I, I. I. I made a mistake. No chance. You look it up, and um, I. I'm seeing it. Yeah, I think he is. Christian Yellick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you Google. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're um, finding out something new every day. No, I. I don't know. Like really. I can't. Okay. Well, Justin Mason's bikini. Let's go for a thousand. That's like all that's left. For all it's worth. Okay. So Justin Mason's as long as, bikini. As long as no pictures are involved, uh, I'm good with this. Okay. This is a category about disgusting performances, but in small sample sizes. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> you guys are all like fucking falling off your chairs. All right. So for a thousand, <laughs> this player, like, again, like disgusting isn't really good. Like, you know, like, oh, that's a disgusting performance, uh, but a small sample sizes last year okay okay this player had a 10.13 k per nine two wins and an, and a fip of 3.43 over only five games started last year however they were all against the indians tigers and cubs 
Got it. it. Uh, who was Joe Ryan? Oh, bingo. That's what bro. Bingo, bongo, bingo. I should have said it. That's crazy. Oof. Kev is That's dominating. Crazy. So what do you think about that, though? Like, like we're not just playing this team for fun. We actually want to talk about these players. Joe yeah. Ryan. Like, he's a guy that's being pushed up uh, quite a bit by a lot of good drafters. Um, but, like, you look, you sort of see, you see how, you see what Plezak did in the in the short season, like, in maybe double the amount of starts as, as that. But he had a really um, cupcake, cupcake schedule. So was this. Yeah. I mean, looking at Joe Ryan, at least, he gets strikeouts. Zach Plezak didn't get strikeouts. He and I like Ryan. Twenty though. He, he didn't. Not Plesak that many. Look it up. Like, he, I, think he had, I think he had more than a caper, not a caper inning. It was like somewhere close, but Ryan was actually like legit good with strikeouts. And, and I mean, his they're minor, both and his, minor leagues, his minor leagues as well. Like he was a legit. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. carries over. I should sure. be more open to Ryan. I'm, I am open to Ryan. I have drafted him in like one league, but at the same time, I'm not reaching for him. Like if he falls to me, I'm taking him. But um, I did mention like Bailey Ober and Joe Ryan. Like I don't see too much of a difference. And I think like both young pitchers, like anything could happen with these guys. So. Um, yeah, if Ryan falls, I'm cool with it. But again, like you mentioned, the starts are against cupcake matchups. So I'd expect something closer to like a four ERA with good strikeouts. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Um, Frank, what do you think about him? Well, before I tell you what I think about him, I looked it up. Zach Plesak, you were right. He actually had a 27.7% strikeout rate that year you referred to where he dominated his cupcake uh, schedule. Yeah. So, uh, but back to Joe Ryan, you know, if he get I know he's that classic flashy uh, pitcher with a nice strikeout rate and a limited sample. It just really depends on price to me. I'm not prioritizing him just because we don't like, are the innings really going to be there? How many innings is going to throw for a full season? Like if we look at his track record, he threw 57 innings uh, with the Rays in AAA and then nine with the uh, twins. And then he threw 26.2 big league innings. So how much can we really project there? I'd rather look towards someone else uh, who has higher volume projection. Oh, bro. If you want to think about innings, look at their freaking depth chart right now. Dylan Bundy is their SP1. Yeah, it's They're going to give Joe sure, Ryan. He's probably I mean, going to get like 130, 140. No, he's going to get like 160 easily. If he's, good, if he's fine. Like if he's not terrible, they're going to like work him. Uh, I don't know. Let's, let, I'm looking at, I'm not saying that I'm going to just, adhere to any projection system but you know the bats got him for 113 atc 135 steamer 142 uh you i don't think they're terrible with rookies and shit. true true but true but i don't i don't think i'm gonna say as low as 113 but i'm not gonna i don't know if i'd go as high as 160 and so he just it just depends on the price i'm not gonna say you gotta like the skill set but like Zach said, there's concerns with the schedule. And like I said, with the volume. So I, it just really, yeah, depends on where I mean, he, he falls. He still pitches in the AL Central. That's not like getting any harder. It's the same division. All right, Micah, what do you think about Ryan? See, Joe, Joe Ryan is interesting because he has a, this fastball that he even, he's, he said that he doesn't really understand how, how effective it is and why it's so effective. And I, you look at the numbers, it doesn't, doesn't have a, you know, a terrific spin rate. It doesn't have, you know, terrific, like, but he commands it very well, and he the way it comes out of his hand is like deceptive. It is, it's interesting. I don't know. Like I, I feel like I feel like he's not not your typical type of pitcher. I think I think he's unique. When you find these unique type of pitchers, they find a way to you know succeed just by being themselves. So I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm definitely intrigued by Joe Ryan. Even even if, but like Ashbury said, it has to be the, you know a, a decent price. Or I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. All right. Cool. 
Thank you, boys. One last question. We'll fill up. Uh, the last question on the board is Justin Mason's bikini for 1,000. Again, these are questions um, about a disgusting um, performance, but in a small with a small sample size. Um, all right. This player paced for 32 home runs, um, a 326 batting average, 102 runs, and 100 RBIs over 600 plate appearances. Um, and this was, but this was over an actual sample size of 259 plate appearances last year. So he had 259 plate appearances, but he paced for a 600 PA performance of 32 home runs, a 326 average, 100, 102, and 100. Kevin. Uh, who is Connor Joe? Bang wrong. That was that show. That was for 500. So you, back down. that is incorrect. Frank. I buzzed in Frank uh, Schwindel. Yeah, Frank the Tank. Whoa, Frank, Frank the Tank. Shit, Frank shit. the Tank. So that brings you up to 500. So I was, I've been keeping track of the score. That's the end of the game uh, in the regular in regulation. So right now the score is Kev has positive $500, and uh, both Mike and Frank have negative 1500. All right. Nice. So you got to fight for second place and third place, or what? I guess. So I don't know how you. <laughs> I mean, so the, so now we're now we're on to final jeopardy here. Um, we got one. We, uh, we got one last question here. So you can wager whatever you want, and then all the money goes to charity. All the money goes to the, my favorite charity, how, which is how do you money. wager negative negative money? I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, I guess um, you guys can all type it out. You, you can. I don't know how we're going to work this, but you can type it out to me privately in the chat what your what your answer is. So the, the category here is go VA's guys. <laughs> okay, go and, on. And this this category are uh, these are go VA's guys because they are often on the top of the queue and susceptible to be auto picked. Okay. So they're guys that like basically have a high ADP, but for whatever for whatever reason news have, news has shifted them down, but go VA auto picks them because. He generally just falls asleep and, and gets auto auto drafted. <laughs> so the answer is this 26 year old has an ice cold baseball savant page, except for his sprint speed. He only had five of his 20 stolen bases last year in the second half. Okay. And the, the big hint is he's always on top of the ADP board and he's generally left. I guess his ADP okay. is falling. His okay. So do we DM to you? Yeah, we you can, can DM, DM just to you. Yeah, and, and, and I don't know if you can. Yeah, just go DM so you, just just to me in the chat. You're saying he has a high ADP. Um, yeah, well, he has a higher ADP. Like his ADP is falling, so he's often on the top of the board. Um, he's oh. often on the top of the board. Okay, but, um, that doesn't mean it's high then. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Okay, so Kev and uh, Frank have g given their answers. So Micah, you can actually oh, just tell oh, me. I if know. You want. Uh, yeah, I, I know. Because they, they've both given their answers already to me. So, Micah, you can just tell me if you want. You don't have to type it. Oh, there a bit. Nikki Lopez. You know what? It's, it's hilarious. Every one of you said Nikki Lopez as the answer, <laughs> and every one of you is, you in, is incorrect. Wow. What? Wow. Yeah, and I'm actually going to look up Nikki Lopez right now um, to see if he actually had, if that's true about him as well. Um, if he had five of his 20 stolen bases in the second half. First of all, I don't think he had 20. Yeah, 22. Oh, my God. He had 22 okay. stolen bases. And if you look at his splits, I think he had a better second half. So he had, yeah, 14 of his 22 in the second half. So oh this guy God. actually slowed down. The, the answer to the question is Isaiah Kiner for Lafa. Uh, the fuck? I was never going to get that. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, you were all wrong. Anyways, 
I guess Cav wins Jeopardy because you're the only one that scored barely in positive uh, points. <laughs> I'll take right. it. All right. So let's like, we, we challenge each other. But let's Jeopardy's over. Congratulations, Cav. You win. Um, you guys, we challenge each other on Twitter a lot. We, we bust each other's ball. But like one thing that um, I've challenged Micah about is uh, two things like the saves approach about like uh, waiting on saves. And then also the stolen base approach. I want you to talk about like, I want you to sort of clear the air and like, I think, I think for, for me, sometimes it's easy to like um, forget that there's different formats and you sort of become a snob for the NFBC. And when, when you see, when some of these NFBC guys see a post, they're like, Oh, this is so stupid because they can't wrap their head around it because that's all they play is the NFBC. So sort of um, Mike, just like sort of discuss like um, I guess, your strategy and like when you when when you did the nfbc first of all is that your first draft that you did on the nfbc i think i fit, i did TG, TG, tgfbi in 2020 and 2021 and i last year i did i think i did a, a, a 50s nfbc 50s but okay cool besides, yeah and you did you did well you did well in the tgfbi um i believe in, the, in that small sample size i think i, I feel like i could have continued it but i, I had hater i had hendrick so i could i feel like i could have kept going strong but uh but yeah um I'm I'm a newbie to NFBC NFBC NFBC. Like I'm, I'm not. That's not, not like like when I when I when I you know like draw up these tweets these, these like uh these uh you know these strategies. My mind doesn't go to the NFBC. But as you said, like people look at it differently because they have to look at it from different perspectives. But my, my you know how I look at it, I'm like most most people playing these twelve team, ten team, whatever, uh, Yahoo, ESPN, CBS, whatever they're playing on these leagues. So I mean that this is really for them. But yeah, you, you could definitely apply it to NFBC too. I, I do quote uh, NFBC, NFBC uh, ADPs a lot, but really only because it's convenient because, you know, you can see where the, where the best players in the world are, are drafting guys. You can, you know, use that to, you know, do cool stuff. So, I mean, that, that's where I come from with these tweets. So, I think you dropped, yeah. you think you dropped one where you said, like, oh, you can wait on saves. Um, like, some of my favorite targets included, like, Lou Trevino. And then there was another tweet saying that, like, Kimbrell's for sure going to be traded, which I do agree with. Maybe we can talk yeah. about that. But then you're saying be careful because he might get traded to, to Oakland. And then myself included, all these people fucking jumped all over <laughs> you, right? They're like, you fucking right? And I, I screenshotted <laughs> something like, yo, Micah, you stupid idiot. How can you think that? How can you say that and then say this? <laughs> oh, I can't hear you again. Volume's gone again, Micah. Okay, it's back. There we yeah, go. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, honestly, I, people are, people are jumping all over that, bro. I, 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 I was, it's interesting how Twitter works. When when people see like one thing, people 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 like you know continue to jump on the same topic. I'm like, real. I, I talked about four of the teams, but I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, that's just how that's how that's the, the nature of Twitter, you know. That's how it is. But like, come on, like he's not going to Oakland, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's he's a candidate. That, 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 I was, you know, no, but was, you love you love Trevino, and then you think Kimbrel's going to Oakland? No way! It's pos- like it's come possible. On. People they bring up some good points, but I think it's still possible. This is a team that wants to win. It's not happening. It's, hey, no, it's, no, it's, no, it's, I think it's really possible. Like, I think it's. Possible. It's not happening. It's literally zero percent because You were saying tea leaves. You said tea leaves earlier with Sean Payton. I'm giving you tea leaves. They're selling. They're they're getting rid of their players. They don't want anyone on payroll. They're selling Sean Murphy. They're selling Matt Chapman. I would not be shocked if they sold Matt Olson as well. They they have no reason to buy. They have no reason to take on extra salary, even if another team eats it. So they're not doing it. The Mariners makes no sense either. Again, they signed Ken Giles. They they traded for Andreas Munoz. They have Diego Castillo. They traded for. They had Drew Steckenrider saving games. They have Paul Sewald who's been saving games. 
they're another team that's not trading for a Craig Kimbrell, but the other teams you did mention, they're fine. And I do think it. So like, I thought it was the, the no, Bears, those two teams, zero. The Bears make more sense in the athletics because just because they, they need a, a, a having a, imagine having a frontline guy like Kimbrough to lead that team that wants to win. That was, they don't coming. care about that. Imagine they, about they, they want space. to win. They, 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 they should not trust guys coming off like Munez and, and guys coming off Tommy John going into the playoffs. It worked, they, you can't it worked last year. They, 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 no, no, last year the bullpen got a lot worse as the season progressed. We saw that. They're more, sorry, they have more blobs because they, they lost death because they lost guys to injuries. Having a guy like Kimbrough will give them a strong frontline guy to, you know, solidify that end of the bullpen when they need to win games. They want to win games. This is, this is a team that's want to, wants to win now. So, I mean, it got worse because they traded Kendall Graveman for no reason. Like, that's the only reason it got worse. And they worse. started dealing with injuries and inconsistent performances. Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of that nonsense. Yeah, but that could be mitigated because they're getting Giles back, hopefully healthy. Munoz is more returned from T- uh, TGS or Tommy John surgery or whatever. Um, look, I, I, don't, I don't think they're trading for Kimberly at all. They have like a loaded bullpen full of like former closers. They'll figure it out. Uh, A's too, they have no reason to do it. But Mariners are at least competing. A's are not competing this year. A's still want the win, though. That's, that's the, no, they're that's not. The they don't. That's the, they, nope. they want the win. That's the culture of the team. They, they want the no, win. They don't want to win right now. They don't care I mean, about we, it. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I think it's possible. We, we will, they gave we away will. their manager. <laughs> Actually, I got a guy. That, like, people complain about me not giving, giving away guys. Domingo Acevedo. He's a name in the deep depth of the bullpen in the o- Oakland. Um, he had uh, crazy, crazy AAA numbers. He, got, he came up for a bit next year. Or, sorry, last year. I think he's a guy that could get a shot at saves. Like it's definitely not Kimbrel. Like you're off your rocker, Micah. But you, you think um, if you think Kimbrel is going to open, like as Kevin say, is it's, saying, but that it's a candidate. It's a candidate. They're candidate team. It's not. Zero zero percent. It's not. I, I just, well, I, I just let me. Candidate. I'm gonna jump in. I, I don't think he's gonna go to Oakland either. But I think what he's saying, you know, we've seen in the past, Oakland's just shedded payroll and somehow unexplainably they've been able to field a competitive team they've done it before so i think what he's saying is maybe they you know get off to an unexpected slow start i mean quick start and then they're somehow in the race and maybe they add him i don't see it happening but i think the reason why he thinks oakland is like i said they've They've shocked us before, or maybe he thinks they'll shock us again with a very, yeah, very. They shocked you before, and they brought up Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, and then uh, no, no, years before that, years, yeah. not yeah, just they did, this. They did, they did like uh, sign uh, someone to a big contract, and then just traded him away. I believe um, a couple of years ago, I forget the name. They're, they're, they're an unconventional managed team. They're not conventionally managed. Yeah. So, I mean, Bottom I line is that I, again, I will change my name to Fantasy Central Two if they do trade for Kimbrel. Yeah. Um, I'll, like I'll I change it to Fantasy I, Central. I'll be three. Yeah. In France. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you don't, you don't because you wouldn't want anyone to confuse you with me <laughs> um but, but i got I, 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 I <laughs> yeah you should so mike yeah. micah could go to roto surgeon micah could take a roto surgeon too all roto surgeon too. Now, again and also another thing you said micah when i when i the, the, my the initial time that i the the first time that i said i would change my name to fantasy central too is when you said um elias diaz is going to hit more home runs than wilson Contreras. crazy Didn't that almost happen? Well, he hit what? He hit. I'm looking right now. 18 last year. Last year. Hey, I don't know, That's man. Close. That's close. That's not a bad call. 18 and 371 plate appearances. That's not out of this world. And I think I, it wasn't me that was arguing so much with Mike. It was other people about the. Remember that? My cash about... went out. His thing's going out. Oh yeah, the, um, we were talking about the Alias Diaz uh, home more home runs uh, and Wilson Contreras call. 
It wasn't. It, I don't think it was me that was arguing that much. I just said it would change it was, my name. It was. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, well, what's his name? Uh, it was. It was. Uh, uh, Phil. Phil. Uh, how you say his last name? Uh, Dussault. Oh, Dussault. Dussault. Yeah. Yeah. Phil. Phil. A couple, couple other guys. But I mean, he doesn't I mean, know what he's know. talking about. Don't worry. Uh, people, it's like, it's like people, I don't. I don't know. People like age isn't isn't doesn't define how how you know if a player is twenty nine years old, it only has two hundred career play appearances. That means they're just getting started at the MLB level. Their experience isn't there. Somebody else that's 29 has about 2,000 play appearances. You have to look into the context of what's going on. Diaz is, Diaz is you know, he's, he's fairly new to MLB experience. I mean, he's just getting to his power. He plays at quarters. I think it's very possible that he, you know, hits a bunch of home runs. I think it's possible. He's Wait, is that for this year or was this a take for last year? This is for this year coming. For this year. Oh, I'm, it's not that crazy. I mean, who the hell else do they have there? It's like, no, it's, I, I like, I like DS. I just dropped him in a, in a draft. Um, he's fine. I, 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 I don't know. I feel, I feel like people, people latch on to argue about it. They see, they see a post like, oh, argue. I don't know. It's weird. So Twitter's yeah. No, I'll give you that one. Micah, Micah's right. This is very possible. Like it's not out of Yeah, I think this is possible. Yeah. I think we're Especially just with the NLDH. NLDH. No, no NLDH, like Wilson Contreras should have more plate appearances. So I don't know. I, I'm not saying it's crazy, but I, I'd bet against it. Like whatever. Um, so what else, what else did we argued about me and I think me and Frank had an, uh, a oh, yeah. about Tim Anderson. I think you posted something like Tim Anderson. He's got a, he's like a, he's like a smash play at his ADP. But the thing is like, that's just, like, he's a third round pick. Like he's great, but like, why? Like, like, like I, I get what you're saying. Like he's a, he's a good pick and like whatever, but I'm saying like, he wasn't, he, he barely, like, he didn't even really return third round value last year. Like he did, but like he basically returned his own value. And so, like, why? I think like, I think that about anyone. I think like, the way I struck phrased it, like, uh, created was it misre Like, I didn't phrase it the way I should have. I think I should have just said, "He's a really high floor pick in the third oh, round." So you're, you know? you're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So wrong. I'm admitting right. that I'm giving you the win here. I'm doing one. <laughs> I'm I'm one of the few Pivoting. times I'm uh, admitting defeat. Oh, you were right. I, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I, I worded it incorrectly and I just kind of rolled with it after that. Like I realized this after, like he's valued where he should be. He's a, he's a safe pick. He's got a nice uh, floor due to his batting average. He's got speed there. If you need speed and you missed out in the first two rounds, he's someone to pick. Like I just took him in my battle of the pods draft where I took uh, Harper and, and uh, Devers the first two rounds. So I needed some speed. I took Anderson in the third. So that's where he fits nicely. But I'm giving you, I'm giving you this win. Yeah, he's not. That's where he should go. And uh, yeah, you you win this one. Kevin's smiling <laughs> from ear to ear. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not gonna lie. I was on Frank's side initially, and then I noticed all of the hamstring injuries and like the groin strain too. So like, Anderson and the, the over the like, like I guess maybe he can sustain that mm, Babbitt. He's had it the last two years. Babbitt's been fine. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna add one thing though. That was. When I tweeted that, I hadn't started drafting an NFBC yet because I wasn't able to while stuck in Dominican. And I was like itching a draft and I'm looking through the ADP. I'm, I'm thinking of something to tweet and I tweeted that one. And then now that I'm drafting, this is why we say you got you to gotta be out there drafting. It informs your analysis. It helps you really understand player values. And now that I'm drafting, I don't really see him as a value. He's, he goes where he should. And, it, and you take him depending on the construction of your team and where you want to go with it. Right. I said this on my pod, the operating room uh, with Dave yesterday. I said, I'd take Lindor over Anderson, but I take Anderson over like story. So it's like, there's just this whole like lump of shortstops in the third, fourth round. 
I took Anderson early third in one draft, and that was my first one until I realized how kind of risky he is. But I think he's a fine pick. Like a smash, maybe the wording is off, like you said, but I, he's a good pick. Like I think he could outdo several guys like a Cedric Mullins or even a Marcus Simeon. All right, Mike, Micah, how would you rank um, Lindor, Story, and um, um, the guy that we're talking about? Um, Tim Anderson. Anderson. I got I to gotta get, my, get my official rankings out, but I, I would probably uh, – I don't know. I, I, I got. I got to think about this one, but off just off the dome, I'd probably. I'd probably go. Probably, I'd probably go. I don't know, man. It's tough because tough. You're also close. I keep. I keep. I keep running, running different, different words in my head. But I, I'd probably go Lindor, Anderson story, something, something like that. I, yeah. I, I, I like when they're so close. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so close. Cool. Story. Cool. Give me, give me Anderson in the middle, just because the, because the floor, and then story, just in case he continues. Because the thing with story is. He never really solved that breaking that problem versus breaking pitches. He still struggles with versus breaking pitches, and the, and playing that course kind of like masks that whole that hole in this game. And now that he's about to leave course, I think he could struggle with the hit for band average going forward. Something yeah. to watch. Yep, that's that's for sure. Um, so yeah, I think I think Kevin sort of hit on it. Like you guys have been in football mode um, for a long time, just like heavy heavy football mode. And then all of a sudden, you're just breaking out all these tweets on about baseball. And people <laughs> like, what the fuck? You guys have clearly not been paying attention to baseball. Like, how could you have? Like, you're paying more attention to foot. Like, you're playing so much attention to football. Like, you can't even sleep. And then you're coming up with all these hot baseball takes. So, Kev, like, what I want to challenge you on is like, you just hopped in a in a DC. Like, how do you, like you talk like you're you're drafting a, like a 750 player draft. You just hopped in. You clearly like don't know the player pool. Um, just joking, but um, kind of. Um, how, how do you just transition from football to baseball so easily? And like, like, do you do you have do you have like um, have you done enough research like later in the drafts to 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 um, pick good players and like who are some of your guys you're targeting late? Okay, I have to go to my boards to find. I'm that. looking. But I'm, at I'm looking time, at the board right now. Um, I mean, yeah, we'll talk about them right now. Just give me a second. Okay, so what? how I go from football to baseball is well, football is all of the work is in the preseason. Not, there isn't really that much to do in season. Like, you know, there's no streaming. There's no, like, I, I mean, the in-season work, there is some, like, you know, there's a waiver wire pickup. There's like defenses and kickers that you have to stream, I guess, but the work isn't as in depth as baseball. Whereas with baseball, like, there's also holdover knowledge. Like I know what happened in 2021 and 2020 because I played in those seasons and like, you know, the near decade before that. So it's not like I completely forgot all that information. So there's that backing. And then there's also like in season with football. I also do my, like I'm on fan graphs. I'm on uh, Savant. I'm, you know, researching here and there on things like I might've missed. And then, you know, once football playoffs or that fantasy playoffs are done, then I make that full shift back to baseball, which I've, you know, on the pod, at least I've done recently. And so it's like the base of knowledge, plus like the, no, not tinkering, but like the, the here and there research I've done throughout the football season, it kind of adds up. And then, you know, Dave actually taught me this last year uh, for NFBC drafts. Cause I've only done NFBC. This is like my third year. He's like, you draft back to front. So it's like, I've been figuring out the guys I like late, the positions I like late, uh, what categories I can get late. And then, you know, I use that to navigate how I draft throughout the whole draft. So, you know, having that base of information all just kind of stored, you know, I utilize and keep drafting. I'm in my fourth draft now. Cool. So who are some of the late guys? That you're okay. good, that Let you me, like, like I, I think you, you I had, mean, you had, you were Robbie Ray, I think in this draft yeah. that you drafted. And, and Micah, we're, we're pulling up the board that you were in as well. So you can chime in as well. Um, by the way, like um, 
Mike, I give you a lot of shit, but you, you drafted a hell of a team here, I think. Like, when you were drafting and uh, we were talking on Twitter, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You're killing this draft. No, I was drafting, uh, I'm drafting right next to Kev. I felt like a couple of times it was interesting. Like, when Kev, when you took Alec Baum, was that like a, was that a tap in a sniper? What was it? No, I love, oh. I have Alec Baum in all three leagues. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So I, I, I was, I was, I don't know. I felt, I felt like it was interesting drafting right next to you. I felt like we, we kind of knew, you know, who we liked. Yeah. Kinda. You took Cobb. You took Cobb right before I was going to take Cobb. Yeah, I, I had a feeling. And, I had a feeling that you that somebody. Yeah. Me I was going to take Cobb there too. Yeah, yeah. I might have. I might have. But I was so I was so top heavy on pitching because I, I had three, uh, actually four really good starters that I, I actually I couldn't have taken him there. Um, yeah, you took you took Dunning before I was going to take Dunning, and then there's a couple of them. I'm not going to name them all, but those are two Cobb and Dunning. I was really targeting, and you took them right before where I felt comfortable. And, you know, we were both in the middle of the draft and, you know, uh, some late guys I like, I mean, it, it's tough because I just take a shit ton of pitchers late, but uh, let's say, okay, Alex Dickerson, Alex Dickerson's not signed yet, but he's like 29. He crushes righties. A team's going to sign him and play him like 120 to 130 games. I know the Giants DFA'd him, but the Giants are like the kings of basically streaming their hitters. Uh, lefty versus righty and Dickerson I guess he's had some injury issues but he's going so cheap right now he's about two he was top 250 last year and I don't think he fell off skills wise I think he's still capable of hitting 250 to 260 his power he can hit 25 homers in a good offense he should hit in the middle of an average-ish offense in a good offense he might be six or seven but I think he's a good pick late he's like one of those outfielders like you can get your depth with so while he's unsigned I think he's a great value right now and that's one of those late guys that I really like He's a guy that scares me because I'm passing on him. I loved him last year. I'm just afraid that like in these DCs, it's so hard to take a guy that like might not have a job. Like there's a work, there's a yeah. work stoppage right now. Like, like what could happen? Like, I don't think he's going to go to like overseas, but like, you just never know. But like, if that guy gets signed somewhere like in a good spot, man, that like, I'm, I'm scared to like sort of like pass up on that. And I, and I keep mm -hmm. passing on it, but like, I, I love that call Kev. Yeah, he's he's went pick. Uh, no, this is in a DC. The first DC I did 15, uh, 15 teams. So it's legit. It's not like 12 team bullshit. I got him in the 41st round. Yeah, like, I'm looking. I'm looking at the board I'm, right now. We have a, I'm, I'm not going to pass up. I'm not passing up on that. I don't care the risk of overseas. I'd rather have Alex Dickerson over like Miguel Andujar, Taylor Ward, Jason Hayward, Odubel Herrera, like all those guys. Can you see the screen? Is this yeah. a draft? Yeah. Okay, yeah, uh, I have it up so we can all see it. This is the draft we're talking about right there. You took Dickerson, and Micah's right beside you there. Um, so talk, Micah, talk about some of the later guys that you um, that you pulled out. You pulled it. You pulled. Uh, you pulled a couple guys that I that I that I've drafted in a lot of drafts. I like I like some of the late players you've taken here, especially. Do you mind? Do you mind talking about some of the players? Yeah, I'll talk. Maybe I'll talk about some of the later guys like Dylan Coleman. I think he he I think he throws like what a what a hundred hundred mile per hour fastball and nice slider. I think he could have possibly sneak into the same situation in, in in Kansas City. I think it's possible, but I mean it's, it's a flyer pick at the end of the day. But I really like what I kind of what I did with these uh, uh, Matt Verlene, Andy Abanias, kind of like these these picks. I love Matt Verlene. He's, he has what I think ninety fifth percentile sprint, uh, sprint speed. Uh, he hits the ball hard, and he can hit for, he can hit for, hit for average as well. So I think some a lot a lot, a lot of these you know mid round picks or you know late to mid round picks are I don't know just could be valuable. Anthony yeah. Alford, uh, he steals, he hits for powers. He he might not hit for average, but he, he you know he has some tools. So I don't know. I, is he I the next Cedric Mullins, Anthony Alford? I don't know. That. Is he a switch hitter? I, I, I don't know. I don't but think I he mean, is. 
He's an, I know he's an, he used to be on the Blue Jays. Uh, he was a big prospect yeah, and a Blue yeah. Jay fan. And, uh, Remember he's, him. He's an ex-football. He was like a, one of those dual athletes, uh, football player and baseball player. And um, I don't know. He just didn't seem like things were coming together for him. But now he's, um, he's he might have a shot. But um, if he stops playing well, then he's he could be out of there really soon. They got Travis Swaggerty um, in the minor leagues that could be up at any point. Um, highly, highly drafted prospect. Sort of like um, – uh, down the Jonathan India path where like, no, he sort of uh, lost his luster, but um, he was, I think, drafted, I believe like 11th overall. Um, he's going to get a shot at some point. Um, I'm but, looking uh, at uh, Dylan Coleman. I was not on him at all, but you know, Micah drafting him kind of got like lit my eyes up. I was like, who's this guy? I looked him up. He's really good. But you know, how did you guys feel about Barlow and Stamont? Cause Stamont I know had like COVID or some other illness last year and he lost 20 pounds. His yeah. strikeouts weren't there. And I mean, I, I'd rather have Stallmont out of that bullpen, but oh, how yeah. do you guys feel about like Barlow and them? Stallman, Stallman, I think, what's, what's his problem? I think he really struggles with the command. I think he's just all over. Like, he throws hard, hard as crap, but he really struggles to locate his, his, his fastball sometimes. So I don't know. I, I guess it really comes down to who's really commanding the best out of that bullpen. But right now, I think Barlow's going to be the guy uh, coming over today. He'll be, he'll be, he'll be getting the saves to start up for sure. For sure. Yeah, no, I agree. Right. I really like Barlow, but I'm just kind of scared because um, I, it's t- I'll, I'll say some of my guys, I have a lot of Dylan Coleman um, on my teams. Yeah. I think I might have like close to 50% ownership of, of Coleman. Um, he's one of the guys like, that I've been targeting for like potential saves along with Boxberger. I think he, I think because he's young, those guys generally don't get a shot, but I, I agree, Mike. I think that was a great pick. You know, honestly, I sort of, um, he sort of slipped my mind in this draft. I don't know. Um, I think maybe maybe I was just um, targeting other players, but um, I think that's a great pick. Um, I, I, I got I gotta say I love that that I should have took him. I should took uh, what's his name Tyler Beaton. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really I really like him. I think he, even though he couldn't you know have some rust coming off of what was he had Tommy John surgery or whatever. I really like that pick though. This late. Thanks. I I think I took that. Um, I got him in round thirty seven, and I think yeah. I, I drafted him right before that. Nick Pollock put out that tweet. That he yeah, I was just like, going to mention that. And as soon as Mick Pollock put out that tweet, I'm like, fuck, come on. Um, <laughs> like now that now I've, now he's like the price is shot up. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, I mean, uh, I'm looking, I really liked, uh, sorry, not to like suck you guys off too much, but uh, you know, Micah and uh, Zach, you guys took a, uh, well, Zach, you took Keegan Aiken, Micah, you took Bruce Zimmerman, and that that's looking really good right now with uh, Baltimore moving that was walls back because you know they're, I think I like Aiken more, but they're both really solid pitchers who you know that late in the draft they should get you innings and a couple of Ks too while you're at it. Where's Aiken? Did I take Aiken? Really? Yeah, you got Aiken real like 47th round. Oh shit! I'm not even looking at the bottom of the draft. Here we go. Yeah. Nice. I like that. Yeah. No. All right, all right. Let's let's um, move over to the Frank's draft with me. We just talk about that a little bit. I'm in I'm in everyone's draft. Um, so <laughs> me, me and Mike and, and uh, Kev were in a draft. Me and Frank were in a draft. Let's talk. We're not even far. We're not even far down in the draft yet, but we're in round 19. I'm actually on, on the fucking clock right now, um, and I've been on the clock for 50 minutes. So sorry about that. So let's talk about your team a bit here, uh, Frank. Um, really like your team. You you had a lot of values fall to you. Like geez, you had um, like every one of your picks. Like uh, do you mind? Do you mind going through your picture? You yeah, sure. So I started off with Bra- uh, Brandon Woodruff just because I wanted that ace. I know I reached on him a bit at pick fourteen, but uh, I didn't really want Zach Wheeler because I was I like him, but I was going to try to target Nola a bit later. So I I chose that way and I went with Woodruff. I like you know the Brewers do a great job with their pitchers. Time out. Yeah. 
Yeah. How are you targeting all the? You, you're picking 14th. Yeah, you're right. He was not gonna fall there. Okay. That, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> uh, not. Yeah, I didn't realize. I just. I. I decided Woodruff over over Wheeler. Really. Okay. You never know. Maybe he falls, but Nola. Yeah, that no, is, there's but, a chance. But yeah. But it just. Um, did, did you have a backup to Nola? Like, did you like other players in that range? I guess you didn't. In you terms didn't... of pit. In terms of pitchers, well, I'm worried about Walker Bueller. Just because, I know he's a stud, but sometimes you got to defer to the expert. I'm seeing all these projection systems really low on his ERA, so that was like a tiebreaker for me to go with Woodruff. I, know, I, I like just, Woodruff over uh, Bueller, personally. Yeah, and the Brewers are really good with their pitchers. We've seen it. Like, they've, they've really helped uh, take their pitchers, get to the next level, you know, like Freddie Peralta, Woodruff, uh, Corbin Burns. So. I went with him there. Then I, the reason I did that too is because I like uh, Louis, uh, Louis Rob, uh, Robert, Robert, whatever the hell he wants to Lou be Bob. called. Lou Bob. Lou Bob. Yeah. <laughs> um, I liked him and Tucker a lot. And I'm picking 14, right? So I'm thinking the guy I picked 15 is not going to go outfield, outfield. So I'm going to pick a pitcher first. And then hope, I'm assuming one of those outfielders will follow me. But they didn't. He went outfield, outfield. Yeah, so and then at that and, point, and again, outfield. Yeah, and then he took O'Neill in the third. So even though my thinking there was right, because likely most of the time the player behind you is not going to take consecutive outfielders. Yeah. At that point, um, I needed speed. I wanted speed in my at least one uh, guy with stolen base threat with my first two picks, especially because my third rounder isn't for a long time. So I reached on Starling Marte. I know he's not going to really run at that crazy rate that he had to finish the year. But he's going to be on the Mets. They'll have a good lineup. He's got a long track record of production. So I, I went with him there. And then just to say one more, I, I just would like to say my first five just to because it's go like ahead. the base. I think you should go uh, six because of how good of a value you got. On the, on okay, the I'll go six. So then in the third round, I wanted like I'm coming from these 12 team head to head leagues. That's what I played most of my time fantasy baseball. I've done NFBC. This is like the third year. So I'm always been that guy that like, you know, he waits on closers, but in this DC, in this 15 team draft and hold environment, you have to take them early, especially we're drafting in January, a lot of unclear situations. So I took uh, Edwin Diaz. I did want class day, but he didn't fall. He was sniped right before me. Shout out to uh, Rob Kramatola. He's a vet in NB yep. NFBC. He he's, a, me. he's a sick one in these drafts. <laughs> So I got my closer there. And then, you know, Sal Perez fell in the fourth round. That's another thing. I've always been the guy that waits on catcher. But I think in this format, it's especially being it, that it's two catchers, it's nice to have that like stud catcher as your first player. And I'm thinking in what Phil DeSoul did in your episode, the other that draft champions episode last week, he's saying, what was that acronym you said? Um, like, Kadu? Keep all draft opens true. Yeah, keep keep all draft options open. And I really like that. It's just being balanced everywhere. You don't want like overly stacked on one area and then someone might have fallen that you weren't expecting, and then you can't take them because you're already stacked and you have a lot of draft capital in that position. So in thinking in all, on that mindset, that's why I took Perez there and he did really fall. I know I don't think he's gonna hit that many home runs again, 37, but he's still gonna probably hit 30 and he'll get a ton of plate appearances. Then in the fifth, uh, you know, third base is a shallow position and Austin Riley fell. I don't really like taking guys coming off these 
really big years. Like no one expected Austin Riley to do that last year, but he does have, he's a former, he's got the prospect pedigree and he's at a weak position and he usually goes in the fourth and I got him in the fifth. So I fired him up there. And then you wanted the six pick two. At this point, I only have one starter. So I'm looking at the board and, you know, Kevin Gosman going to the Jays. I love me some Pete Walker, the pitching coach. He's done great with pitchers there. Look at Robbie Ray. Look at Steven Matz. You know, Mark, Marco Estrada did great going there. So Gosman has pitched well the last two years. He can definitely be an SB2 for me. And, and he fell to the sixth round. So I had to like it. I had to take him there. Well, look at that. Look at the, um, the guy next to you. Like Gosman in the sixth round is a great price. And uh, you could have gone Musgrove or Cease because pitching was just falling and falling. And in this draft, I got Luis Castillo on the wraparound in, uh, in round seven, in round seven. So he doesn't usually fall that far. I think that was close to his max pick. Um, but the reason pitching was falling is because the guy next to you, the guy, yeah, he, you're he, right. You didn't expect him to do outfield, outfield in the first round uh, on the one, two turn. But he was, he went Robert Tucker, O'Neill, Wander Franco, Eloy. So he had four outfielders in his first five picks, no pitchers. Then he went Jazz and then Mountcastle, Walsh, Framil Reyes. So this guy is insane um, <laughs> for all the pitch, all the, all the hitting team, he's taking. He can like, throw that. Like he fucking, done. like, yeah, it, it's, it's over. Like he, <laughs> like he took, um, what was it? He took Jazz Chisholm. When he already had a shortstop, I guess Jazz could go at second base over Gossman, Musgrove, Dylan Cease, Darvish. When he didn't have any pitcher, like any pitchers, and then again he went back to the he went back to the well and double he double tapped Mountcastle and Walsh, so two first basemen. And you can say, oh, Mountcastle's an outfielder as well, but he already had four outfielders already, and he passed on Snell, Kimbrel, Molly, Verlander, Evaldi, McClanahan. Like that is like like. I think, I think you're lucky that um, I think me being next to this player uh, helped out this team a lot for sure. Yeah, You, th- you think <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll see, we'll see but what he ends up doing. You could do, I do could, like the guys he took when he started taking pictures because they're all upside guys who could maybe break, you know, Kopech, Severino, Clevenger. They're all guys, Ryu, they're all guys who could. You know, yeah. Ryu is a great pick. I think it's, it's interesting what he's doing. I don't know. Were yeah. He really um, increases velocity as, um, as the season went on. So he could be a guy, but then at the end, like we're in round 17, 18, he hasn't, he doesn't have his full starting. Um, uh, he doesn't have his full starting lineup. I don't think and he has he, a catcher. He doesn't have a catcher, but he, he double tapped Julio Rodriguez and Spencer Torkelson. I learned the hard way. Like I'll take my prospects, yeah. but like, Oh my gosh, man. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, no, this is an overly flashy team. It's um, no, no, zero relief pitchers. No he didn't take a starter until round 11. And then he's already taken two prospects. I think one of the learning curves in the NFBC is, and I've learned it the hard way, like you mentioned too, is that like these kind of, this kind of flashy draft is nice in a 12 team head to head. You can make pickups uh, you can make trades kind of thing. But in this draft and hold, you got to get those meat and potatoes, those like safe players early. You got to reach it. I, it's so ugly taking a closer third round, like Edwin Diaz who's like, it's it feels ugly, but you have to do it in this kind of format. I've learned that and I've accepted it. Yeah, you got to rip the bandaid off. Hey, hey, Mike, see who I took in the last my last pick? <laughs> Elias Diaz. In this other draft. Anyways, I'm on team. I'm on team Diaz, Mike. <laughs> Is he on mute? I don't know. I think he's just so stunned that I took Diaz. He can't speechless. 
Um, so yeah, um, I think that's, uh, I won't, I won't keep you guys any longer. I think that was a great episode. I think we went, we, we had fun with Jeopardy. We had, uh, we uh, yeah. had fun with, um, uh, talking to each other, how we, how we would, um, just the same way we would talk to each other on Twitter with the utmost respect. So, um, why, why don't we end, um, telling everyone where they can find you on Twitter and what the fuck you're doing. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at FanCentral1. Uh, you can find my work on NBC Sports Edge. You can find work on Fantrax, NewLifeFantasy.com. And look out for Micah Notes whenever the season starts because they will be back. All Looking right, forward to commenting on them. For sure. <laughs> Kev? Okay, yeah. So uh, at RotoSurgeon on Twitter to find me. Uh, follow me there. Argue with me. Feel free. I Literally, I welcome it. And uh, yeah, the Operating Room podcast available on Apple, available on uh, Spotify, wherever podcasts are available, you know, all that jazz. And then, you know, nothing crazy coming up. I had all my uh, all my upset picks are pretty much done for the season. I had that for the NFL, but I know you guys don't want to hear about football. Baseball wise. Yeah, we're just we're just going to be pumping out pod, uh, podcast content. So keep uh, stay tuned. All right, cool. And then also you guys. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Frank. Oh, yeah, find me at Twitter at FMRante, TFJ, like Kev. I always love to argue and, and talk a little shit and uh, throw in some takes, throw in some content that's useful there. Maybe Zach doesn't like it sometimes, but uh, some of you will like it. <laughs> I, like, I like you. I no, like, I'm just I, kidding. I, just some of your takes I know, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. And uh, um, written content at the game day, and it'll be betting. Uh, we'll have some baseball as well. Right now it's football-centric. Uh, and then uh, my podcast, Fantasy Jones, we're going to do some baseball now, too. It's at the Rotoballer Network. We'd love to talk to you on Twitter. Hit me up. All right. Thanks. And we've also got the Battle of the Pods. We, we have one league that we're already um, that we had uh, last year that we're continuing this year. And we added a second league with um, Kev and Frank are in it. Um, Mike, I'm not sure if you had a podcast or not. I didn't think you, you have a podcast. Uh, I, I, I've, tried, I've tried a couple of times. It hasn't worked out because it's cool. Yeah, so I would have I would have asked you, but you, don't, you didn't have a pod, but it was Battle of the Podcast. So that's going on right now. My my co-host, who couldn't make it today, uh, Shrimp Boat Captain, is in your league, and I hear you guys. I hear, I hear it's a pretty tough league. I think it's tougher than our league. Our um, the Battle of the Podcast one is a is a toilet paper soft league. Apparently, um, says um, Mike. You, the got, you got Kimbrel in the eighth. I I had to reach him in the seventh. I didn't get Kimbrel in the eighth. I got um, I got um, Knebel. Oh, he got him in the eighth in our draft oh. champions. That's why yeah. I talked a little, a little chirping there. Yeah, yeah. My bad. Right? I was looking at the wrong Franker in there, but yeah, we got him in the eighth. Yeah, my, my bad. Wrong draft. Yeah, been, I, I can't even keep up my own drafts. But yeah, no, um, I, love, I love all the work you got. And, and we got to, like, I know we mentioned him, but like, um, uh, like we, the, the, the league that we're in right now, me and you, me and you Frank, you have a soft drafter at pick 15, but you have Bobby Big Bucks. You, that's, you, know, oh, that's, yeah. you, you know, that's his name, right? Give, him, give Bobby Big Bucks a shout out. This is the second year in a row I'm in a league with him. Well, it's not like if you're in a league, like he's in all the leagues, like football, like he, I don't know how many football leagues he did, but he's going to be in a lot of these draft champions leagues. He's a high volume drafters and he's successful. So he's a, he's a really good player and he's in a lot of leagues. So shout out to big Bobby, big bucks. <laughs> shout, shout out, out, Bob. Shout out. Um, all right. Thanks. Thanks guys. And um, talk to you guys later. All right. Definitely. Take care. You guys have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.